0: Broadcasting from behind the Second Amendment Iron Curtain in the shadows of the New York City skyline, this is Gun For Hire Radio, the voice of one million New Jersey gun owners with your hosts, Sandy Barardi and Master Firearms Trainer, Anthony Calandra. From
1: deep within the Second Amendment wasteland, that is... The most listened to Second Amendment broadcast in the nation. Welcome to it.
2: Welcome, welcome. Uh, we've been talking about having a special guest on for about three months, and uh, our schedule's finally coordinated, and I would like to uh, welcome Senator Loretta Weinberg to our studio. Senator?
3: Thank you, Anthony, so far. It's a pleasure being here.
2: Well, she says it's a pleasure because I gave the senator a tour of the facility, watched let her see the employees and the people coming in, and uh, I could tell by the look on your face it wasn't what you expected, was it?
3: It was not. First of all, it is much bigger than uh, I expected, and secondly, um, a lot more put together for a better term?
2: the, The trend has been happening this way for the past few years now. Uh, where ranges are stepping up and becoming more like country clubs, mm-hmm. because thirty years ago it was mostly men that shot who were hunters, and now it 's gone mainstream, so you have families and you have women coming into the range, you have women coming in up with unattended, which you didn 't see thirty years ago to range you only
3: women see... are traveling unattended correct correct wow. you <laughs> didn 't didn't see that thirty years ago,
2: and uh, I would see, I use I this example all the time i 'd be in other gun ranges and I would see a woman coming into a range with her brother. To to buy her husband a gift certificate Uh and I'd be like oh I get it she's afraid to come in because she thinks it's a boys club you know and so I wanted to change that narrative so we created a place like this where we have concierge with female employees and everybody wears uniforms and it's clean and well lit and you know after safety my business is hospitality And uh, that's what's made us so successful.
3: Well, I could see that too, Anthony, in the way you greeted me when I got out of the car. Welcome to the family. Correct. And then I saw you greet some obviously new uh, customers. Correct. One from Belgium, one from India. They Ah, were standing outside.
2: Yes. I ask people where they're from. I travel a lot. I like to create that connection. Uh, and, and you see how many red shirts we have in, in the range for safety all the time, which the majority are prior military, because you, Uncle Sam, us taxpayers, we train them well. They wear uniforms well. They tend to show up to work on time. So it's a, it's a nice thing to, to have, and it's a nice – I'd like to welcome everybody to the family Uh, You know, we're a classic juxtaposition here. Our name is horrible, but we're a family-friendly gun range. So people come in, and then they're quite surprised. And, uh, again, most people come in, especially from the New York metropolitan area, they'll say it's not what I quite expected. They expect it like a dungeon-looking hole with a bunch of guys, you know, chewing tobacco. It used to be like that. It was like that 30 years ago. And there are still places that exist like that. There's not many anymore because to compete, you have to you know, the the bar rises. You know.
3: Well, uh, you also ushered me for a few moments into the VIP lounge. Yes. Uh, where you seem well stacked, uh, well stacked on snacks and yes, food uh, is very <laughs> important. <around there. laughs> food seems to be uh, important across the spectrum. Yes. Yeah. Wherever yes. you might stand Correct. philosophically, it is a way to bring, bring people together. Absolutely. Correct. And
2: and I can't I can't commend you enough for coming in. I wanted you to come in. It's almost like saying crossing over the aisle because I wanted you to see, you know, how how things run and the typical type customers we have here. The first time Mayor Kasmar came in the range when we opened up, he was amazed because there was doctors and dentists and lawyers walking around because he also had this perception that it was going to be like thugs and hillbillies in the range. You know, that might exist, you know, in Alabama, Arkansas, but it doesn't exist in the metropolitan area. You just I know. pissed
1: off the people in Arkansas and Alabama. Well, but I, so I live,
2: I'm going to get the hate. All right, but I live in New Jersey, born in 61 Columbus Hospital in Newark, and I'm never leaving New Jersey because I love it. So I'm staying here. So I don't care. I like malls and 24-hour diners. It's a big <laughs> thing for me.
3: <laughs> and you're not going to find uh, those in very many other places. 24-hour diners. No, there's are. no TikTok diners yes. in Alabama. So I have. I'm, sorry, I'm not leaving. <laughs> I so. have a, a cousin who lives in Malibu, in California. And one time when I was spending an evening there, I said something to her. Can we order a pizza? And she looked at me. <laughs> <laughs> we can't order That's great. food here. <laughs> Why to not? To be delivered. <laughs> I had a friend from Minnesota
2: visit from Minnesota, and on a Friday night, 11 o'clock at night, I said, I feel like hot dogs. And he's like, where are we going to go for hot dogs 11 o'clock at night? And we drove to Bloomfield Avenue, Newark. There's a hot dog truck there <laughs> till 4 in the morning. First, he was amazed that it was open. Second, he now was mesmerized knew. that there was a line. Yeah, there was right. a line. It was 1 o'clock in the morning by the time we got there. There was like 10 people waiting in line for it. He's like, this... We eat gas station food after 9 o'clock at night. i so used to that.
1: A pastrami sandwich at 3 a.m., and we have five places to go. So so let me ask you a question.
2: Have you sure. ever shot a gun? No.
1: Okay, but your grandchildren are in the Scouts.
3: My grandson is in the Scouts, yes, and and has. And um, I, I remember uh, one particular day when we had had some big debate about gun safety on the floor of the legislature, and on my way home was his birthday, so I called him to wish him a happy birthday uh, to find out that... I said, how was your birthday party? And it had something to do with shooting something, (laughs) which... I would love to have seen your face. Did you have to share that with me at the moment? (laughs) Um, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it had something to do with shooting things. (laughs) You know what happens, though? So
2: now him at 10, 11, 12 years old, shooting those twenty-two rifles from competent... Scoutmasters, who, by the way, the Scoutmasters, I know you don't want to hear this, the Scoutmasters are trained by the NRA. I'm an NRA training counselor. You
3: don't, don't preface things with you I'm don't sorry. want to hear this. Okay.
2: All right. I stand corrected. <laughs> yes. I said I was going to treat you like my mom, so I have to. <laughs> well, the NRA, uh, we fund the Scouts and we train the Scouts. I'm a master training counselor with the NRA, so we make uh, NRA instructors for uh, shotgun and for rifle.
3: Do all scoutmasters have to go through? Whoever, if, if
2: they run the training for the for the rifles or uh-huh. the shotgun uh, 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 merit badges. And they also have to take NRA certified range safety officer class. I teach that here too. I'm a chief range safety officer. So we do that and the NRA subsidizes the cost. So it's one-tenth of the price. Materials mm-hmm. are free. And this, your, your grandson's book on his merit badge for rifle On the back, it says, uh, you know, uh, donate it graciously by the NRA, blah, 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 whatever. So we do that. But what I I like is, so now your grandson knows the difference between fantasy and reality. Your grandson learned proper. uh, And that's what we need to do. And I tell people this all the time, like, 50% of the homes have firearms. So you might not want firearms or have them, but there's a good chance your kid or grandchildren can go into someone's house that doesn't. And they need to learn that this is serious and it's real. And that's what toy, I, no. correct. that's what I feel is important that we teach all the time. I don't know how many countless tragedies we might have prevented because we exist here to teach people safety and I was talking to this to you before we went on the air, but you know you can't legislate stupidity out of existence. We have people that spend thousands of dollars in firearms and they won't spend three hundred dollars to buy a metal cabinet to store their guns safely regardless of, of how cheap it is. When a tragedy happens my heart sinks and I'm like are you kidding me? How could you be responsible and leave a firearm accessible to your kids in the house for a tragedy? And we see it happen over and over and over again. And I don't care how many laws are passed it's going to happen again. I don't know what we can do. Are we running out of time, Sandy? Give me a mark. Are we going to let her finish the show? She's been behaving, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I think you're
1: well, good. It all depends on whether she wants to continue sitting next to you or not. Uh,
3: I'm just letting him talk. I, uh,
1: I just,
2: I just, I just made one
1: mistake so far, <laughs> Senator. That's why you're a politician and I'm not.
3: <laughs>
0: I want to tell you about my friend Katie. Katie is a nurse and she was attacked on her way home from work. She was totally taken by surprise and although Katie is only 5 feet tall and 106 pounds, she was easily able to drop her 6 foot 4, 250 pound attacker to his knees and get away unharmed. Katie wasn't just lucky that day. She was prepared. In her pocketbook, a harmless looking lipstick, which really contained a powerful man-stopping aerosol propellant. Lipstick Bodyguard, fear no evil. Get yours today only at LipstickBodyguard.com. Just follow the link on the GunForHireRadio.com homepage.
2: And this segment is brought to you by Dr. Henry Medallion. Dr. Medallion is on 573 Valley Road in Wayne, New Jersey. His website is MedallionChiropractic.com. M-A-D-A-L-I-A-N Chiropractic.com. He was on last week, and he talked about the Armenian genocide, uh, being of Armenian descent. And uh, tonight at 9 p.m. on uh, CNN, uh, Anthony Bourdain will be uh, visiting Armenia. So I'll be tuning in to watch it, too. But we we have to support those who support us. So please check out Medallion Chiropractic. Go on his Facebook page. He's on all the forms of uh, social media. And just show your uh, support. Uh, also being nice I would love everyone to visit uh, Senator Weinberg's page and thank her for coming on the show because this is what it's all about reaching across the aisle and discussing the issues and showing each other what's good and what's bad about uh, everything that goes on in this world senator we're back again again I want to thank you for coming on on the show I think one of the things that uh <clears throat> gets under the skin of law-abiding citizens is a lot of the laws that are passed hit us as law-abiding citizens, like administrative codes, harder to buy a gun, longer to buy a gun, or whatever, where we would feel better and be less angry if we saw more laws of locking people up and throwing away the key. The, the people who've really committed the crimes, like with criminal intent. And I think that's one of the emotional um, arguments that allow both sides to dig in and not move. And How do you feel, how do you feel about that? Well,
3: certainly there should be agreement that the bad guys get uh, picked up and get go through lo- the uh, judicial system and hopefully get locked up if they're guilty of something. And in fact, I think the Governor Murphy administration has started on that somewhat. I participated in a press conference uh, with the governor um, several days ago, Uh, in which they announced they're starting to track where guns that were used illegally in the state of New Jersey, where they come from. 77% uh, out of state. Right. Pennsylvania, I guess, North Carolina, Indiana. And I think that that is aimed at the people who are using firearms illegally. It's a beginning to at least understand where they're coming from. The governor is now meeting... Hopefully, with governors of those states, I saw to that. how we cut off that pipeline. So I think there has been a uh, a recognition of this new administration that that's something we would like to uh, get into. Uh, I've been involved in, in the piece of legislation is still evolving mm-hmm. a little bit with what we call extreme protective order. orders. Yes. Um, which allows family members to make sure that if somebody is suffering from mental illness and has a gun, that they have a way of going to law enforcement and removing that firearm. Again, along the lines of, uh, I hear from the, I, <laughs> I'm always trying to find the right words to sum up your side of the issue, the Second Amendment mm-hmm. people, the NRA people. However, one wants to describe it to uh, for us to be together on issues like this, because I always hear from that side. Yes, we want guns for law-abiding citizens, and we do want them taken out of the hands of people who shouldn't have them.
2: But now, the argument with the extreme protection order is that it violates due process, which is a problem. Well,
3: you can't. You you know, I'm not sure of that, and as I say, we're still evolving some. uh, amendments around it, uh, particularly when it comes to police personnel who might be you in that category.
2: One 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 thing I'd love to have you look at uh, <laughs> is the the way we address mental health. We had mental health first aid training here, all the staff on the range, uh, and I I sponsored it. The entire town of Woodland Park administrators, the mayor council, we all took this training. It's it's to help people, you know, that maybe you know, because people have a stigma. Uh, for mental health. You know, if right. you tell somebody you're diabetic, oh, you take a pill, you're good. But if somebody says they're having anxiety or battling depression, the quandary we have in New Jersey is, uh, because of the way the, it's, it's, it's worded, people are afraid to, to, to get mental uh, health treatment because they're afraid they're going to lose their guns. And when people come to me and say, you know, I'm going through a divorce, I'm a little depressed, but I don't want to lose my guns, I'm like, go to the doctor. Your health is more important than your firearms. But the problem is then when they fill out the form, have you ever been treated with a doctor, it rings this bell where they risk losing their guns and it costing tens of thousands of dollars to get them back.
3: Well, I don't think that's true in this new new bill uh, on the extreme protective order. Nobody should be afraid of seeking treatment. Uh, I think under current law there is a lot of due process built in, and the new – Bill is aimed particularly at people where the family member knows that they are dealing with somebody who is going, uh, who is undergoing really bad mental illness, and should not have access to firearms at that particular time in their collective lives. I I
1: see most recently an example in, in Broward County where that that was definitely the case. Everybody there in the family knew the stepmother, the stepparents. They knew that this this kid, well, I'll call him a kid. He was an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, had a series of mental issues. The school knew it. The police knew it. Fifty-seven visits to the home, and yet it's almost like see something, say nothing. And and I think that that's something that we have to address too, because we can make all the laws. And make all the regulations, but if if people are too afraid to say anything, or the law enforcement is somehow you know hamstrung, or or whatever the reason was, we still don't know what the reason was, that no arrests were made. The school he had so many infractions, and more and more keep coming out, that these things are preventable. They they don't come out of the blue. It, it, it's it's, it's a, an insidious ascent to the issue. But wait. So here's the deal. The the
2: cops were at this kid's house 22 times, Senator. Mm -hmm.
3: You're talking about Parkland. Parkland. Yeah. In New
2: Jersey, if I threatened you right now and you call the police, I will lose my FID card. I will lose my guns. They will issue a a temporary restraining order. Mm -hmm. Within seven days, I have to go before a judge for a final restraining order. If the judge doesn't grant it... Then the prosecutor holds my guns in 30 days to do an investigation. What I don't understand is how could it be 22 times and nothing was followed up? This angers me. Well, Jersey is a lot
1: better at doing what they do than Florida. Correct.
3: I I think didn't Florida very quickly pass something right after as a result of this? Yeah. Where they realized there was uh, a very big loophole.
1: the, The FBI even dropped the ball. Yes,
2: 22 times. I mean,
3: Well, that's also what the Extreme Protect Order is designed for.
2: For many people walking into a range the first time, it's quite intimidating. So when you walk in through the double doors, the first thing you'll see on your left is a concierge.
0: And this segment
2: is brought to you by Liberty Office Suites. Liberty Office Suites has two locations, one on New Road in Parsippany and one on Changebridge Road in Montville. Check out libertyofficesuites.com. A message, John Petrolino III, not Jr., Uh, I gave your letter to uh, Senator Weinberg for you and also John was gracious enough to send me a United States flag. This is to certify that the accompanying flag was flown over the United States Capitol on April 30th, 2018 at the request of the Honorable Robert Menendez, United States Senator. This flag was flown for Anthony P. Calandro for fighting for the freedom loving citizens of New Jersey. Thank you for that, John. There's a little twist there, and it's kind of fun and amusing that he had Menendez do that because we're both on different sides of the aisle in a gun issue. But you're the man, John. Thank you so much for that. So, Senator, we're back, and you were talking about the extreme protection orders. What about uh, – we get aggravated because you guys uh, in the House and Senate, the Assembly and Senate, pass gun laws, and we know that criminals don't follow gun laws. And so we feel, as law-abiding citizens, it just makes it harder and harder for us to exercise our constitutional right. You see the frustration. You see when we come down and testify. (laughs) And none of us are criminals.
3: I see the anger and frustration more times – then only when you come down gotcha. to testify. I see it on my social media. And I hate and, that, by the uh, way.
2: I don't, uh, I don't do that. It, I hate that.
3: Well, yeah. I don't mind getting into any kind of a philosophic discussion on social media, given time restraints that I might have. But I do mind the vitriolic Yes, Yeah, when it gets personal. Correct, it, it, things shouldn't and be personal. How personal it gets. And it is one of the few subjects, and I'll say this to your audience, that I sometimes hesitate posting anything Mm -hmm, about mm -hmm. because I know the kind of backlash I'm going to get. And it's very unpleasant. What I do is I end up, well, it gives me five more people to block from my Facebook. And people know that when they're just discussing the issue that I don't block them. I don't tell them that they can't be on there, because I think that is the basis of our democracy. But I find it very difficult to get to the common ground, where there should be. And I will bring up the issue of the childproof handgun. Uh, I assume most of your audience is familiar with that, but I'll give a short background we passed that in New Jersey around 1995 or 6, and it was designed to spur the develop- research and development of uh, a personalized f- firearm that could only be fired by the authorized owner. When we passed the bill back in the 90s, we said once that technology was developed, and it was deemed appropriate under the guidelines for any other gun in the state of New Jersey, within three years, that would be the only kind of gun you could purchase. Now, that we were the only state to pass a law like that. That became kind of the rallying point for, oh, you, we better not do any kind of research and development, because if we do find this technology, then... It'll be the only kind of gun you can buy. They'll be expensive. They won't work, et cetera. So because of this backlash and because of the fact that there are people in the R&D aspect of this and there are investors who want to get into it even more, I said publicly on television, on TV, well, let me backtrack for a minute, tell the story, which I assume many of you are familiar with, the store owner in Maryland who wanted to offer for sale in his retail store, by the way, a card-carrying member of the NRA, wanted to offer the um, firearm that you needed a bracelet or a ring to operate. That would not have qualified under our law. Under our law, it has to be built into the firearm. So would not have, to coin a phrase, triggered the New Jersey law that that's the only kind of gun you could buy. Forget the rationale, the logic. He was so harassed for putting the firearm in his store for sale that he made a YouTube. He was sitting in his store all night drinking a little too much Jim Beam, <laughs> which was sitting opposite... <laughs> Right next to him is this bottle of water as here. And um, he w- went he, he was sitting in a store because he was afraid they were going to come and burn down his store. And he finished his YouTube with "I'm taking it off the shelf, and I will never offer such a gun for sale again." I appeared with not with him, but in, the, in a segment on 60 minutes on this very subject. And he said it very clearly at that point, and he wasn't drinking Jim Bean then, I will never get involved in this issue. To me, that was really... You talk about free enterprise, about not regulating. It wouldn't have even had anything to do with our law, but they hounded this man. If you... Okay. Re- oh, go ahead, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I just want to go finish ahead. the no, story. So I went on television... And I was on an MSNBC show, the Chris Hayes Show. And I said, if the NRA and the Second Amendment people publicly state that they will not stand in the way of the research, development, manufacture, retail sale of such a firearm, I will work to repeal the entire law. I said that publicly. I followed it up with a letter to the NRA. I have never, ever... Gotten a response? Now I hear from other media when I've been interviewed on this subject. Oh, they say they they're not against the development of a childproof handgun, but I've never gotten any kind of a formal response to stand up and say, "Okay, Senator Weinberg, repeal the law," and and we will say, and I and I know the caveat you can't be responsible for all your members but at least if the leadership stood up. No response ever. So this, then we did pass a bill that rolled back the mandate to purchase to make it a mandate for a retailer to offer one such firearm for sale, along with all the other requirements, if, in fact, the Attorney General's office, et cetera, um, uh, ascertained that it was working correctly. Well, Governor Christie vetoed that, so we've, we've still got the current law. And I am working on a new bill. But again, I get no nothing from the Second Amendment or the NRA types to encourage, to say... We think there should be the development of this technology. Hey, if you're buying buying a firearm to keep in your home and such technology is available, why wouldn't you want it?
2: I'll comment on it when we come back from the break. I'll tell you uh, my feelings. And
3: again, only if it works according to the standards for the purchase of any firearm in New Jersey.
1: The two most precious things you can give someone. No cell phones, no video games, no electronic devices, no interruptions. Just your favorite gun, a couple boxes of ammo, and time spent together. The folks at Gun For Hire Woodland Park Range believe there's no time like the present, and no present like time. Step through their doors and you'll feel time stand still. It may look like a luxury shooting range, but what they really sell is the perfect day. And perfect memories are made from perfect days. Gun for Hire Woodland Park Range, where family memories begin.
0: They said it wouldn't last. That was just wishful thinking. Gun for Hire Radio, the most listened to Second Amendment broadcast in the nation. Seven years running.
2: And this segment is brought to you by Gunsitters, Gunsitters Gunsitters.com and their military division weapons guard. Their headquarters is on Route 10 East in Whippany. They have a location in Salisbury, Maryland, and a location in Easton, Pennsylvania. If you need temporary or long-term storage for your firearms, it's the only legal way to do it in New Jersey. If you're moving, going on vacation... Leave your guns with gun sitters if you 're active military and you 're being deployed or transferred, gun sitters will hold your guns legally for free it 's funded by donations from people through gun sitters so please uh, support gunsitters.com. dot com Thank you so with smart guns if here 's the problem is most people will not trust a smart gun until the police or military widely accept it so if we had a smart gun for sale without that three-year provision, I would put one on the wall for all of our members to torture test it, okay? The concern people have is anything electronic with batteries or can it be hacked or can it be overridden or if if, if I needed to hand it to my girlfriend in the middle of the night because I got injured, then she won't be able to fire it. So. Both sides dug their heels in. The smart gun issue, unfortunately, Senator, uh, is about the same as the abortion issue in this country. There's not many people in between. So there definitely, if a new bill does not launch the sale of it, like mandatory, where that's the only gun that can be sold you will see more development of smart guns. You will see more entrepreneurs working on a gun, and the iPhone generation will grasp that smart gun technology. The old school people like me, we still want metal, and we want to trust mechanical stuff like that, but I would like to see the development of it without a mandatory provision in it. And I think in 10 years, you might see something that the police or military would accept, and then you would see civilians embrace it for home defense.
3: The mandatory provision of the bill, which uh, Governor Christie vetoed, was only a mandate to offer one for sale. Okay. And that was put into it because of the experience gotcha. of the people like the store owner in Maryland, and I think there was a similar experience with the store owner in California, to overcome gotcha. what was happening because of the the fact that he was afraid to put for sale a firearm that had nothing to do with our law. Gotcha.
2: Now, I don't sell guns, but I will offer one for, for testing by my members if they become available. I would like to torture test it. We could put a couple hundred thousand rounds through it and, and, and see where it goes. You As know? a matter of
3: fact, in the new bill, we're putting uh, together... A uh, an advisory committee made up of law enforcement and a variety of people to actually do that. Maybe we'll suggest that you be on the advisory committee. Uh, right. Oh, that would be a bad Listen. suggestion.
2: See. Do you see how he treats me? Uh, okay, so... Or um, you'll both be on.
3: Gotcha. <laughs> no, 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 Sandy, no, no. is there anything you want to talk to
2: the senator about? What, you, you were trash-talking her last week on the show. Wasn't No, you could listen to All the right, show. Come you on, didn't even mention to you. face we're face Oh, see, <laughs> there it is. She wants to tangle with you.
1: No, nothing really that I can think of. I, I, I think one of the things that bothered me first about... You, you know you know my stand. We, we spoke off-air, off and... I think one of the things that bothered me most about anything else in in, in New Jersey specifically is uh, one of the very few states in the the union that has this limitation, and you're legal at the firearms range, let's just say here, coming Mm -hmm. to gun for hire, but in between, if I have a heart attack, get into a car accident, stop to get a a Slurpee or get rid of that Slurpee on my way. Um, I'm instantly a felon in in, in the state's eyes um, because I deviated from that path. That frightens me a lot just for fear. I don't want to spend a mandatory under the Graves Act, a mandatory seven years in state's penitentiary and lose my liberties forever. Um, But the criminal... Doesn't seem to care about that, and because criminals don't, by nature, respect any laws that we do. It's just that's why they're criminals. Um, That's about the only thing that bothers me in 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 Jersey, and I don't know how to get around that because it's
3: well, I happen to agree that that is an area that needs a closer look, because we've seen cases, not too mm -hmm. many, but we've seen a few. Cases in New Jersey where obviously even police officers have been charged. Uh, citizens yeah. uh, were picked up for w- what seemed to be kind of irrational.
2: I'm gonna, I'm gonna save the last segment for magazines because that's a contentious point. But okay. like we have in New Jersey, we have gun a month. We, we call that, as gun owners, we ticked off about that because we consider that gun rationing. The the way we feel is we go through our whole background check, firearms ID card, NICS check. Our, have you ever gone through the process? No. The process is I mean very personally tedious, I haven't. No. Very tedious. Yeah, right? but I'm familiar with it. So I get I get my purchase permit and I buy a handgun, and now I can't buy another one for 30 days, which is just gun rationing. Because if I own 10 guns, if I'm a collector and I want to buy two guns, I have to wait one a month, or I have to apply with the state police for an exemption. That's not gonna. That's not gonna prevent any crimes, because if I was going to commit a crime, I could have committed it with those other nine guns I had before. So these are the type of bills that we know that it does nothing for the criminals, but that's what ticks off the law-abiding gun owners, because if, I, if someone came in and wanted to sell me a collection of six guns, I either have to wait seven months to buy them, one a, one a month, or I have to apply for an exemption with the state police. That takes about seven months to get approved. Through the New Jersey State Police, so things like that when we get hit with that that 's what brings everybody to the boiling point because you 're not looked at from the perspective of the law abiding gun owner, so we you know we hate gun a month that 's to, to be honest with you, and we know it 's done nothing to lower crime, mm-hmm. and as far as straw purchases in new jersey you know don 't lie for the other guy that 's almost impossible because uh, you know our background check is so intense again like I said Parkland police 22 times you call the cops right now and say you threaten me my life is over with guns and I'm not averse to having and I've said it before publicly. I'm not averse for the country to have a national system like New Jersey's has. You mean background, background checks? Background checks. Yes. You know, with the NICS system and reporting it right away, I'm not. I, I don't have a problem with that. We do have a lot of departments that make their own rules up. They add extra forms when people go to print stuff up. Uh, you know, to get their firearms ID card, they want uh, l- more than two letters of references. Some towns have tests. Some towns don't take 30 days. Some towns take you know 60. Ninety, hundred and twenty days I get a lot of complaints from people and their frustration level uh, gets overboard because the laws say it takes 30 days and it took 180 days now you have a ticked off law-abiding citizen forever you know it, it needs to be addressed like th- these are things that could be uh, addressed. I said
3: that publicly I mean uh, the police departments should be able to comply with the re- time requirements in the law But it's not so unusual just for the gun bureaucracy. It's for everything. Yeah, (laughs) bureaucracy is bureaucracy. I mean, uh, we get uh, 20 constituent calls a month about being stuck in the bureaucracy Mm -hmm. someplace, whether it's where's my homestead rebate or uh, Mm. why am I being charged for this or my uh, hospitalization insurance, whatever. So we haven't singled out gun owners.
1: I think one of the biggest <laughs> problems is, is is the complexity of the laws. That yeah. y- y- even a group of lawyers, uh, I, I, I would get a group of Supreme Court justices together, and they would have differing opinions about what the laws present. When you've got, in New Jersey, uh, for those of you guys out of state, our gun laws are such, uh, I, I heard a, an attorney, Evan Knappen, he's a, he's a, he's a friend of the show, uh, he once summed it up in probably the best way I could imagine. In New Jersey, the law about firearms is this. All guns are illegal all the time. Now, here's a telephone book size list of exceptions to that original rule. It's kind of backwards, in a sense, and it's evolved that way way beyond all of our ability to not only comprehend but even remember, And and, and he and I are pretty old, so... Speak for yourself. That's awful. <laughs> but I, I remember, um, you, you know, I, I guess I'm going back to the fact that the more complex things get, the, the more confusing they are for the general public, and then they take the anger out on places where it, where it even shouldn't be, and even the cops get confused as to what the, what the laws are. Um, when we come back, I'm going to tell a short little story about just that subject, watching police chiefs argue in his uh, other facility about the law. If you're one of the three out of four adults that is caring for an aging parent, I want to let you know that help has arrived. The show is called Parents Are Hard to Raise. And every week you'll get a 30-minute show that's packed with expert tips, valuable advice, and an often hilarious look at the challenges facing us, the children of aging parents. The show's host, Diane Barardi, is a nationally recognized gerontologist with over 30 years in practice, and trust me, I've heard all the stories. She's seen it all. This week's guest, Dan Cohen, the founder of the Music and Memory Project, discusses how personalized music is being used to solve some of the problems associated with Alzheimer's, dementia, long-term chronic pain, and even easing some of the symptoms of labor pains. So... Could music be the new drug? Parents are Hard to Raise, now the most popular elder care talk show on planet Earth. Available on iTunes, Google Play, and streaming live on the iHeartRadio app. Crank it up!
2: Do not forget the Mark Cheeseman case. Uh, GoFundMe.com, restore, carry, and J. Sorry, Senator. GoFundMe.com, restore, carry, and J. for Mark Cheeseman. Please remember September 22nd at Cumberland County College in Vineland is New Jersey SafeCon. New Jersey SafeCon, September 22nd from 9 to 5. If you need information about sponsoring, attending, speaking, talking, the website is njsafecon.net. Njsafecon.net. Safe- Andy, you had a thought you wanted to continue on with with the senator no, was talking I remember, about? Do
1: you remember back uh, in, in your old facility where um, Belleville. Uh, Anthony used to basically just give the facility when he wasn't running classes out to the local police departments and they could come in and have seminars and, and meet whatever? And I guess cops being cops, they, they had a bet and an argument outside over a particular point of the law. Two cops. Two cops. Two police chiefs. And they came into the office. I happened to be visiting, and they asked Anthony if he had a copy of the the New Jersey statutes annotated for for firearms. And uh, they were arguing. They were arguing over it, and, and so Anthony said, "Well, what's the point?" And they asked him, and he clarified out of the statutes. And I sat there and I thought, these are chiefs of police, and. If they don't know the law, uh, and they were arguing, and not, uh, by the way, neither one of them was right. If they don't know the law, what about the rank-and-file members who are going to pull me over in my car as I'm driving through their town? And possibly because of the misunderstanding of the law, I end up in jail. That scared the hell
3: well, out of me. Well, I mean, police are trained in the law. And um, but that's what we have lawyers and courts for. Right. Sure it's We have a somebody is going to complain that I just said that's what we have lawyers and courts for. The law is complex. They some e- even when we draft a bill, I can give the office of legislative services a simple idea, and by the time it comes back to me and you have no idea what you just wrote. Right. language. Right. It's right. hard. It's, to make sure that's exactly what I wanted in that particular bill. So, again, that is not just about gun right, owners. Right, exactly. And I tell people all the time, we regulate how far slats can be separated on a crib so a baby can't catch uh, their head through slats. We regulate whether a pharmacist can put Sudafed on the counter on shelf, or right. have... Right. have to keep it under the counter. Yeah. So um, I have one of my adult children who used to say to me, so what laws did you pass today to complicate my life? Oh, God. And, you know, my right. joking answer, please, everybody understand, I was just joking, would be as many as I can. <laughs> so that was always our repartee. Oof. But that is the nature of... How laws are are passed and put on the books. Right. Should there be changes, that's why we can go back and undo, change, right. amend, right, whatever. The, uh, the to people keep who developed this
1: system were pretty brilliant.
3: Considering everything that we've survived and that yep. we are sitting together in this right. studio, right? <laughs> you know, the next is a step forward. Yes, I'm for sure. Concerned.
2: All right, but now here's where we're going to tangle. We're totally against the ten round magazine. You I know that. OK, yes. there's a couple of reasons. Besides infringement on the rights, we're talking about millions of dollars of property that people are going to have that either have to be destroyed or modified or they're going to have to sell firearms that don't accept a 10-round magazine. This is going to be a big fight. There's definitely going to be a lawsuit filed mm-hmm. afterwards. So it's going to be a big fight. It's going to cost taxpayers time, money and everything. There is we don't see any clear cut reason on how that is going to lower crime. That's that's our biggest argument here. And we want you to hear that side. There's a million gun owners in New Jersey that are going to become felons overnight and, and have tons of money on, in losses, and we're going to be really pissed off about it. So I, I know you're going to be prepared for it, but I'm just telling you there's no common ground there.
3: I, um, I certainly agree with you that there's going to be a big backlash against yes. this. I agree with you that a lot of it could be around okay i already own a firearm like this and i've invested whatever into purchasing it and why do i have to sell it or how can i modify it i understand all of that but on the other side don't tell me that it doesn't lower crime it might not lower crime but you know what it might save a life someplace and I think that is generally an acceptable fact, that if somebody can't shoot off twenty rounds, if they have to stop to reload, that maybe somebody's life will be saved. But a
2: magazine can be reloaded in literally three seconds. Well, and a life can and be saved in literally three seconds. So, but but you're gonna have you're gonna have a fight on your hands here. Everybody's gonna be fighting against it, and. Uh, Again, there's not no compensation. It's like you guys passing a well, law tomorrow saying anybody that owns a car built before 1998 has 180 days to get rid of it because it doesn't meet with emission standards. You know, you wouldn't do that. Right. But with the gun owners, you're going to do that.
3: I, that is a, the, the latter that you just said about the current gun owners is something that has been raised in the discussion of this in our caucus and. Other states so have that grandfathered it, people in. That is separate from the main okay. issue. Well, I shouldn't say separate from the main issue. It's part of it, but I don't think we can intermingle that with the safety aspect. But you
2: realize no criminal, before they go rob a bank or a gas station, is going to say, oh, we better get rid of our 15-round t- magazines.
3: Well, uh, you know, I know. <laughs> hit me, hit me, I, hit me. I understand. Criminals are criminals, as I say. Banks, uh, you know, we it's not legal to rob a bank, and bank put big <laughs> safes robbed. in yep. their banks, and right. people still rob banks. Right. So that is true. There's a criminal element. Uh, and I'm not suggesting that the criminals are going to follow our laws. That's why they're criminals. That is a false argument to make. She to she just the argument, your argument that... I own one of those, not me, but somebody. And why should why should I suddenly have to either get rid of it, find a way to modify it that's going to cost me some uh, great amount of money? That's an argument that uh, we can talk about, or your argument, if. So we put me on the emissions. advisory
2: council for that, too.
3: I don't think there is one for we'll that. Well, make, but I'll make one for me. You've been around a
2: long time as a senator. You know, the other thing is you're going to create law-abiding criminals because people aren't right. going to know the law changed. Their grandfather passed away, left them a gun. Mm-hmm. They're going to get pulled over on the way to the range. Cops going to say, do you have any guns in the car? Yeah, I was on my way to the range. Oh, 15-round magazine. Now your well, life is destroyed.
3: As I told you, that issue has been raised uh, within our caucus.
2: Like well, I'd like to see you stand up for that one for um, us gun owners. Well, you I'd, know,
3: it's something I'm going to look at. I, w- I, I appreciate Not that. Not setting any guarantees here.
2: See? Always the disclaimer. You, so you right? just gave she, her more had, things I had a, to, I had a, to do, too. I had to read the fine print. What are you going to do if national reciprocity is passed? Um, I'm
3: d- very much against that.
2: But now 44 states allow carry. I can carry in nine states right now. I visit other states like Pennsylvania and I, and I carry a gun. I go to Florida. I was down there for 10 days. I carry a gun every day. It's not the Wild West. You know, we have a constitutional right under the 2nd Amendment to protect ourselves and carry a firearm. So, uh what do you what are you going to fight it kicking and screaming well, if it passes federally? N-
3: listen, if the federal law passes, it's the federal law, but yes, we are going to fight
2: it. It's not going to be easy. 44 mm-hmm. states to Nothing six. Nothing
3: I've ever done has been easy. <laughs> What else would you like? If it it was easy, it wouldn't be fun anymore. Okay. (laughs) You know, I want to make a
2: comment while the senator's here. Uh, So we're spending an hour on the show. I was gracious to her. I had her in. I brought her all around. For all of you guys out there and girls that listen to the show, you heard her comments about the social media attacks. All that does, and I'm going to say this right in front of the senator. I don't have to hide it. it, All it does is allow both sides to dig their heels in even
1: further. Which is stupid.
2: Okay? Which is dumb. Name calling and threats and all that other crap is dumb. Listen, nobody jokes around more than I do, senator. You only know me an hour now. I can be quite the buster. But, like, when Obama was president, I never posted or repost it, a derogatory oh, meme, okay? Yeah. And when I see the ones about Trump, it upsets my stomach as well, all right? So it's the same thing. We all have to work together here and find some common ground. So you're preventing the yeah. senator from posting stuff because she knows she's going to get personally attacked. Or at least she the, might want to hear our we're, side we're, like today about the magazines.
1: Let's all re, let's all move an inch in from a the dialogue ends. It's all about dialogue. You can't... You can't have a one-sided monologue well, and anything hang up. right. It's ridiculous. Right. And and that's what bothers me so much about social media and why I don't really participate too much in it. It's people act so strangely when they believe that they are somehow shielded from. You would you they say things that are horrible that they would never say to that person face to face.
3: Well, I, I I have to say this to both of you. Who are not guilty of what I'm about to say, um, but perhaps to some members of your audience out there, I have been involved in every kind of tough issue. The kinds of things whether you talk about a woman's right to choose, or marriage equality, or pay equity, or you know all of these kind of things that you can evoke emotional correct responses from people. There is nothing I have ever been involved in that prom- that uh, results in the kind of vitriolic statements that come back at me than gun safety.
1: Well, nothing. You know, it, it, it's interesting to uh, Senator because when we first started this show, um, we got more hate mail and death threats.
2: Yep, um,
1: I got death threats. Yeah. Because I had
2: him start my car for like three months.
1: <laughs> Anti- and taste gunner. his food, too. I mean, I don't understand. I had no problem with the tasting of the food. But, uh, all right, we got we to gotta wind up. We're done? Yeah. I
2: want, to a thank, fast hour. I want to thank Senator Weinberg for being on the show. I want to invite you on the show anytime you want. I gave you my card. If you want my advice and input on stuff, I'm always available to you, okay? Anything you'd like to say to close it out?
3: Uh, yeah, uh, I appreciate this. Uh, I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, we, and we um, love you coming in. We had a good time. And we need more of this. I have yes. been at gun ranges before, but never at anything
2: Thank you so much, Senator. (laughs) Remember, we have a full line of safety classes coming up, everything for the whole month of May, June, and July. Get your kids in here for the summer for our gun safety programs, our free Eddie Eagle gun safety program. Jimmy is running his urban class out at the Shooter's uh, 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 Gauntlet in Pennsylvania where you can learn how to shoot 1,500 yards. That's going to be taught by our military instructors and Tier 1. Uh, But thank you all. And again, I want to thank the senator for coming on on the show. I think it's a, a breakthrough, and
1: I want you on more. Thank you. Well, with all this talk about democracy, we tend to forget this is not a democracy. It's a republic. The people don't make the decisions. The people choose the people who will make those decisions for them. Can we choose better? Perhaps. But choose we have. And now it's up to the people who we have chosen to decide what's best for us all as a society, while at the same time still protecting our individual rights and freedom. Getting that right all the time, I can think of no more impossible task. And Senator, I don't envy you for a moment, (laughs) not even just a little, but you know, If in our thinking about the problems that plague our society today, we dare to focus our gaze just outside that box of traditional thought, we just might see the answers we so desperately seek and realize those answers have nothing to do with guns and everything to do with people and the choices they make. And with that, the end of the final episode of Season 7 of Gun For Hire Radio. We do thank you so much for listening. This one's for you, Andy Pinelli. Rest in peace, my brother.